you have to be going into a job ready to go. No one's going to employ you now and train you up. You have to train yourself up now. I think that's one of the big differences from when I started. Welcome to this week's Animator's Journey podcast episode. I'm with Brendan Bodie, who is a very experienced animator and instructor. He's worked at places like ILM, Sony Pictures Imageworks, DNEG, Weta. He's currently just shipped a game at Jumpship called Somerville. He's worked on four of the Harry Potter movies, The Amazing Spider-Man, John Carter, The Dark Knight, Hellboy 2, Happy Feet, Cloud with a Chance of Meatballs 2, The Legend of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul, as well as The Tale of Despero. He is an amazing animator and you will be able to learn from him as he has recorded two of the 12 weeks of the intermediate course. And those two weeks covers creature animation, even though the entire intermediate course is really to make you into a versatile animator animator who has a great handle on body mechanics. Part of that, I think, is also covering some creature mechanics so that you'll be able to animate anything you're thrown in your first job in the industry. So you'll learn how to do quadruped locomotion from him as well as flying mechanics. So you'll have access to those types of advanced rigs. You have a dragon rig as well as a lioness rig that has been rigged by someone who has worked for the studio that created The Lion King. So check out animatorsjourney.com to see how you can apply to become a student of the intermediate course. That's gonna be the first course where you actually have to apply and be accepted in order to enroll. Whereas beginner is you can enroll right now whenever you're ready because that has no experience needed to jump in and get started on that. So I'm excited to have Brendan Bodie here because he's also now an Animator's Journey instructor and we're gonna chat about his experience. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Tell me how you got started. I see your first experiences at Framestore 2000. Did you train in animation? What was going on in 2000 that you were able to get that first job? Yeah, I studied animation at art school. It wasn't, you know, didn't learn as much as you do now. It was like a, a course where you're just given a free kind of reign to do whatever kind of animation you wanted. There's people doing more experimental stuff and people trying to do a bit of 3D stuff, a lot of kind of hand-drawn stuff, but no one was really there to teach you. It was a lot of kind of just had a nice group of friends there. So you just learn off each other. And then I was just really fortunate. I think when I graduated, I'd done a little bit of 3D stuff at college, not an awful lot. I wasn't very good by any means, but there was suddenly, I think, a big kind of void within the animation industry that suddenly a lot of studios wanted to do 3D animation and there just wasn't the people around to, to do it. So I was, yeah, just I went down to London. I had my showreel, but it was very limited. And I was just lucky enough to got an interview at Framestore. And I think they basically went, yeah, he seems to have some enthusiasm, I guess. <laughs> so did you have, was it 2D stuff on it? Was it, did you bring him like a CD back in the day? Like It was VHS. It was before oh CDs even. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I did like a film, which was like a 2D film, which is like this Warner Brothers ripoff kind of thing that I did. And then I did a little bit of 3D, which again was like a, I tried to do like a cartoony Warner Brothers ripoff 3D film as well. It's very, yeah, very derivative. I was in, you could tell, I think maybe that I was interested in the animation principles. I was trying to learn from old kind of Disney and Warner Brothers. I hadn't got any, anywhere close to getting a handle on it, but I think you could tell that there was an interest in studying animation from that. I'm guessing, I don't know. It sounds like that was pushed animation and working at Framestore, I'm assuming you're going into more visual effects. So was there a big switch? Is that what happened? And was there a big switch trying to get up to speed to VFX animation? Yeah, I think they just took me on and I 
just so would just they just trained me for six months basically they would i think the first thing everyone there was like senior people around me animating dinosaurs but the first thing they just gave us like this humanoid rig and we would just do a walk cycle do a run cycle just start with that like just basic training of kind of doing 3d stuff and then there was a senior animator placed under and then he would give me some stuff to do like a tail or something i've done the walk cycle of this triceratops and then you can do the tail and then I'd mess that up and he'd go, okay, Eldry, you do that. And it really was just, yeah, eventually I started to do some stuff that, that was, was usable. Yeah, very fortunate. I don't think that happens anymore, but you have to be going into a job ready to go. No one's going to employ you now and train you up. You have to train yourself up now. I think that's one of the big differences from when I started. Yeah, that was going to be one of my questions is having, looking at all your experience, all the places you've worked, you've lived in Vancouver and New Zealand. You're back in the UK now, I think, right? Yeah. And working at all these places, did you have to, this is more of a mid-advanced question. I find when I move around, you kind of have to prove yourself again, all over again. Yeah. Did you see that when you've been moving around so much? Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, pretty much everywhere you start, especially if it's a new big company or something like that, like starting at Sony, you did feel, okay, the, your first shots have to be good or... Actually, on Sony, the first thing they let slip, they said they gave us like a lizard shot to do. And everyone did the same shot of when him, him getting like shot as he comes out of the bank. If you see the amazing, the amazing yeah. Spider-Man. So everyone did that. And there was one, we got in this like video call and someone was saying, so this is just something to get to know the rigs and to play around and get up to speed. And then there was another person that went, and you'll be judged on this and this will affect this. what <laughs> you'll be cast as, ah, okay. No pressure. So, so yeah, I think that whatever you're doing, yeah, that's definitely a thing. When you get into a new studio, it's like there is some questions marks about you and hopefully you can hit the ground running and do something that's like get gets noticed. approved quickly or you yeah. noticed or yeah, you know. Did you, were you taking risks at like when you knew that, were you trying to take some risks on what you were doing to try to get noticed or were you just, let me just make this look right and then if it stands out or have you ever done a shot like, where you remember taking risks or I hope this works out. Cause I feel like when I, animating takes so long to do in general, if you start going in one direction, you know, hopefully it, it works out. Otherwise you gotta go back to square one. Have you ever? No, about risks. I kinda yeah. try, I guess you try and use what you've got before. So I remember on Spider-Man, I don't know how many people were shooting reference, but that's the first thing I did. Okay, I'll go away and shoot some reference. And so I had something there to, to base it on and could get some physicality that, you know, that felt about right, hopefully. And uh, yeah, I guess that's the thing, isn't it? You, that's what you try and do it, try and think back to, okay, what have I done before? What can I use from my experience? And yeah, I don't think, I, I don't think I've ever done anything too risky. I generally go something which I think it's kind of... I just, there, I'm thinking of one shot where I, they didn't ask for camera shake. And I was like, I think this needs camera shake. I'm going to crank it up to 11 <laughs> just to get them to respond to it because i feel like if i go way too much then they'll say okay yeah but we just need less instead of going a tiny bit and they're like take it out all together or something like that i don't know <laughs> yeah there was one thing we got so i left sony and then went to ilm then came back on cloudy with a chance of meatballs too and that was an interesting start to that because we were given a test which was this line of dialogue from chester v and kind of everyone did this Chester V test. And that was like, they were looking, they weren't quite sure how the character should move, I think. So they were looking to explore it generally, 
But then there was this kind of feeling like this is a quite a wacky, exaggerated movie. And what can you do? How far can you push it? And some people, uh, yeah, mine was relatively safe. But some people really pushed it and really made it this kind of like that made a hundred of them and made it into this surreal wallpaper of Chester V and stuff like that. So I loved how he I can, I'm remembering a, a shot from that movie where he like stands up on his own, on his two fingers. He's like sitting and he, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it. But I just remember like that character, even in that film stood out as crazy, <laughs> which says a lot, I think. Yeah, it just, yeah, I think I know the one you mean. I think it's one of the, one of the first ones where he's on a desk and he's, his like legs do these weird arcs to come off the desk. Yeah. And he kind of just floats from one pose to the other. Yeah. How, that was a movie I wanted to ask about because you have so much visual effects studio experience and then you get thrust into Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. How did that, how did you get cast on that show? Was that something you fought for working there or was that they, that was just an opportunity that arose and how was it switching gears to something in that style? So the opportunity arose I because I was in Vancouver. I was at Finish Just Finished on Pacific Rim at ILM. And so I got an interview. I think I got an interview because I'd worked there before. I worked on Spider-Man, so they gave me a chance. The interview was quite interesting, actually. They were asking some fairly weird questions. And so I was trying to, yeah, I was trying to be funny. <laughs> like, I think that's what they were looking for. They're looking for a sense of humor. So I was trying yeah, to, if you could be quick or witted about something. Yeah. So anyway, but I think the fact that I was, I'd worked for Sony before, not on something that cartoony. And then uh, hopefully, yeah, I think the interview went okay. And so I got a chance, but I, there, that was something where I was getting some quite easy kind of junior shots to start with. And that was tricky to go from Pacific Rim where you're doing these big, heavy things, moving things quite slowly to suddenly this really zippy, like exaggerated movement and uh, yeah it was what's what's your opinion on casting in general and ha having gone through that experience this week i actually tweeted it's the most likes i've ever gotten on anything in my life i got ten thousand likes in two days which was super niche tweet i'm surprised i got so many likes it, but it basically said you can have animated the hulkbuster and avengers movie and then apply to a small studio doing a kids tv show and they'll say something like i'm sorry you're not qualified to animate mr snuffles in grumpy town usa tv show we're going with stronger candidates and like, I don't know if people thought that was funny or they identified with it, but 10,000 likes was something I was just like, what, what's going on? Do you identify with that kind of a joke or is that just? Yeah, no, that definitely resonates, I think, because that's the thing with reels, isn't it? With your show reel, that if you have the opportunity to curate your show reel and kind of show the studio what they want to see, because that's what they're looking at. They're looking at a show reel and go, we need this, exactly this. Is this on the show reel? If they can see exactly what they want on your showreel, then you'll get the job. But if your showreel is amazing, but it like, like, yeah, like you say, like it's a bit more visual effects showreel and this is like a cartoony TV show, they might go, mm, can he do that? And probably he can. They don't. Do they want to take the risk? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I did. Yeah. When I was, when Cloudy 2 came up, I did, I think I started trying to do a cartoony kind of test for it. I, I didn't finish it. It was trying to, like, it was, yeah, it wasn't great anyway. So I don't, I'm not sure it would help, but that's something that, I guess if you really want a job and you feel, and yeah, you know what they want, then you can sometimes do something to show them. Do you find it's gotten more competitive in that sense? That is, that would be less likely to happen now than it was when you got the cloudy job. It'd be less likely that you would get like a visual effects animator on a 
Probably, stylish, yeah. I do think, or, yeah. I don't know, to be honest. I, have yeah. to, uh, I guess there's it, so many variables, it's hard to say. But uh, Yeah, it feels like it, though. It feels like things... As the industry is getting bigger, things get like more specialized. So I don't know. Yeah. I'd be interested to know if like people are like, oh, it's, he's got cartoony animation, but it's more kind of Pixar cartoony animation. It's not really, the, no. I wonder if they are a bit like that now. I've taken classes from Disney, a Disney guy and a Pixar guy. And I've heard them speak in terms of like their own styles, even within Disney and Pixar. It's, and even it's hard to know because I feel like even within shows at those studios there's differences i don't know i just feel like that's the one big question mark even as someone i'm 10 years into my career and applying to a place it's still just like luck yeah <laughs> if you hit the right combination of things and you're real yeah um, it's really it's very variable it depends who's looking at your reel and what mood they're in how many reels have they already seen that day it's, there's a lot of things that are determined on the person who's who will or will not give you a chance or give you a real on or there's definitely that random well, factor in it. And I was curious too, to ask about your, there's frustrating aspects of the career in general, like any career, like what I'm describing, I'm submitting a reel of that studio's work and I'm not getting hired at that studio, even though it's their own work. There's things like that come up. There's all kinds of dynamics that happen at a studio. You alluded to, I don't know if you want to share any more than what you alluded to on your blog, I transitioned away from the industry to go teach for a while. And now you're back in the industry working at a game company. Can you speak to like part of that decision-making process to take a break from the industry and to teach? Or is that, have you said what you wanted to say in the blog post? <laughs> There's nothing, I, I wasn't like angry at someone or felt yeah. I'd been treated in any way. I think, yeah, the lifestyle of a VFX artist can be quite transient. That's fairly well known. And I did see contracts getting shorter and shorter. I felt anyway, I was working, yeah, 10 years or something in the industry. And you could see I would, my first job was like two years. You're on this, there was a big mini series, but this is a two year job. And then I think like some of the, the Harry Potter films, the first ones it was like, that was like a year job. It's like, you have this job for a year. And then it was like six months, this, the, the, the job for this VFX film. So I, you could kind of, and that was a standard contract, I guess. Is, and so that, that was a little bit like you felt, yeah, you'd get the job. Your first three months would be settling in and getting up to speed and feeling like, okay, I'm comfortable in here now. And then the next three months of that job would be like starting to look around and ask, oh, so what's going on in it? Has anyone heard about somewhere else? And so trying to line up your next job and there was never I don't know. Not yeah, quite I think the, the word you used in your blog post was like the instability. It just feels unstable. Your uncertainty maybe was the word. I, one of those two. Yeah. But I, I totally get that, especially from an American being in the United Kingdom. When there's the element of a visa involved too, it can complicate things. Yeah, imagine. Um, yeah. So what? So you've taught for several years. What's? Is there anything that you've seen that comes up over and over again that your students are always have difficulty understanding? Or are there any eureka moments that you can share that you've seen students overcome? Teaching was quite a lot like just hammering the principles again and again, basically. You repetition. Kind of repetition. That's it, I guess. <laughs> just reinforcing those things over and over again, like you would, and it would feel like it's not really working that you would be saying the same thing over, over again. But then suddenly like they would like, I was teaching a, a, a three-year course, a, a degree course. And, but so suddenly uh, in the fourth year, in the last year, they would just suddenly get it and you'd see things coming together and it would be like, oh, wow, this teaching thing actually works. Didn't feel like it was working for a long time, but it actually People suddenly get it and suddenly seem to absorb, have absorbed everything. I think that they start looking to industry and 
a bit later in there uh, in that course as well. And that helped as well, that if people in the industry were reinforcing what you're teaching, they go, all right, okay, yeah, maybe that's... Maybe I that's should pay good. attention to that. That's important. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. I feel like when you're learning, it's, is this theory or is this practical? Like, how much should I be paying attention and really conceptualizing this stuff? Because I, I see the same thing, a teaching where they're animating two balls bouncing and hitting each other. Let's animate the heavy one first. And then when they start the second one, we're going over the same exact notes over and over again, spacing, gravity, even though we just animated a ball doing it. <laughs> now we're animating another one and we're having to go over the same. So I think if any student listening, rest assured, that's not a unique experience, that it takes time. And if you find that you're getting some similar notes over and over again, that, you know, that's not uncommon. I do make a point to my students to say, hey, just be aware in a professional setting, that's usually a red flag if your supervisor has to say for the fifth or sixth time to do a thing, like take their foot out of the ground, it's going through the ground, and you leave it there for five revisions, that might not be a good thing to do. Yeah. There used to be a thing that sometimes would happen is that you would get, yeah, you'd get the note a couple of times and then, yeah, so you, yeah, you run the risk of either someone giving that shot. If it's a big thing that needs to be changed, then someone will get that shot. Can you fix that? And then that's always sucks. Or I have had people like come over to someone's computer and go, let me just fix this and actually push them out of the way and fix it on their computer and go, there you go. It's done. And so I don't think that's very nice either. Yeah. I've never had that, but in an educational setting, I think any student listening is, I don't know, I don't want them to get like overly anxious that if they're hearing the, the same notes over and over again, ideally, whatever setting you're learning in is a safe place to make those mistakes over and over again, because that's a point. But I also try to give the context of like in a professional setting, there is a limit to that. Because I think at least I, it's been 10 years, but coming out of school, I was thinking my supervisors and my job were going to be just like my instructors in school. And that wasn't the case at all. And I think that's something that's not really, it wasn't communicated to me at all that there was this disconnect. Oh, I'm going to have a mentor just like I had a mentor in school. It's no, this is a job. Like, this is a, yeah, a that's a really, pace. exactly. And no, that's a really good point. They don't, yeah, like I say, they want kind of people in the job now ready to go and they don't have a lot of time for teaching. They have a lot like for guidance and they're, so they're trying to help you get your kind of... You yeah, know. I've had super helpful. Yeah, not saying no one's been helpful. They've been very helpful, but it's just a different kind of helpfulness that they won't go to the same links someone teaching at a school would. And I think if you've only ever been in school and you haven't worked, you just don't have that experience yet to know, oh, there's a different speed here. But anyway. Yeah. So what was the motivation to get into the Somerville game as your first games job and you're leaving teaching for a little bit? or you're teaching a little bit on the side, I know we're getting your instruction help at Animator's Journey, but for the most part, you left your kind of degree teaching job and jumped into games. Was there a motivation to try games because you, you hadn't tried it before? Or was that kind of like a, speaking of instability, games project cycle are very long typically. Mm. So there's more security there. I don't know. Did any of that stuff play a role in your decision? It was, yeah. It seemed, it wasn't that well planned, if that's what you mean. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah. The, so the teaching, yeah, the teaching, I was starting to get a little frustrated with the management of where I was teaching. The The students are really good. Whatever you're with the students, that's always really nice. But with the course was like getting quite popular and we were actually getting more students, but we we're actually getting less resources. And then, yeah, and then just like... The, I was on yeah this tedious academic stuff, but you I was on like a research contracts. You have to do you're supposed to do this like world leading research on the side as well as teaching. And I was leading the course, and there was, wasn't that much staff, and so I was spending most of my time trying to teach and organize the course, and wasn't enough time to do this research. And I didn't really 
I'm not a, a professional academic, so I'm not someone who can write papers and things like that. So I was like getting a bit frustrated with that side of it. And yeah, in the end, um, this, the game Somerville is directed by Chris Olson, who's an animator. He was someone I worked with at Animal Logic on the Owl film, Guardians of the Gaul. Oh yeah. Uh, and so I knew him from that. And he, originally he just, during the summer of when the university doesn't have any students around, a bit more free to maybe do some freelance stuff or consulting. And he offered, he asked me to do some consulting, just to do some, some animation teaching for the game to, to maybe do some animation and explain like how to just up the quality a little bit. But anyway, yeah. So I did some consulting in the summer and then, yeah, they, I can't remember if they offered me the job or I asked if they were consider employing me, but they had to wait like a long time. It takes six months to get out of a academic contract. So, oh, wow. so there were silly, yeah, basically I was really lucky because I've got this friend who would wait six months for me to join their, their company and this game. So yeah, so that was my road out of it. And yeah, I think I, th I was good. It was good to get out of animation because I wasn't, yeah, there were some parts of it I was getting frustrated and try something else, but it feels doing teaching at a university is like a proper job that is, it's much harder. So actually I realized I've rediscovered my love for animation and the animation industry. Cause it feels just seeing and animating all day is yeah. I love that. I have to talk to colleagues as well, obviously, but yeah, so it's been great. I've been on Somerville for two years. So that's a nice long period of time. I've got, had some really nice animators that I've been working with and trying to help and yeah, done tons and tons of animation so it's just been really enjoyable and yeah learning the game side that was something that was just a bonus for me really that i were you all using unreal or what engine it's unity okay yeah that's something i hadn't really done before is was that hard to get up to speed unity seems difficult to learn we have some very talented the other animate there's a the senior animator and they're very good with the technicalities so they were helping me a lot but also they can yeah do some things there was <laughs> yeah. that they the kind of what they said in the interview to me was like we mainly just want you animating and then we'll try and help people people are helping me get the animation into the game and doing other stuff so Fair enough. I, I have i don't feel like i know unity that actually and so that's something that after this project i'm hoping to do is get a bit more practice you know, like yeah creating a game or getting a character building a character controller within game engine and seeing how that works that's awesome who it's one more question about the teaching stuff well, before we leave that i was curious that having to see or getting to see students for three years what did you see any commonality in the most successful students were there they the hard working was there some talent element was there a combination what did you see the most successful students doing it's definitely hard work that's the thing you really notice if someone's got a good attitude and are hardworking and they seek out information and they really, yeah, just are really dedicated. You're guaranteed by the end of the course, they're going to be really good. Even if their starting, starting position isn't that good. That, that seems to trump if you're ta talented, but not motivated, you'll look really good at the start, but then your colleagues or your classmates will overtake you. And uh, yeah, that's what I see anyway, is uh, if you can. You keep learning and keep pushing yourself you'll get better and yeah and talent's overrated agreed <laughs> it was a loaded question <laughs> cool so i guess to wrap it up what advice would you give for people starting out would should they go attend a, a three-year degree is there some good online options animators journey <laughs> sorry out of a cough or what do you see or what advice would you give because you know you have seen the whole spectrum. 
Yeah. Online courses are brilliant because you get the information you want and you, and yeah, you've got that kind of built in dead, like a deadline. You learn this, you do this and you come out at the end and you've got something and it's, and yeah, you have the feedback, which is really useful. So you get all of that in, in a, in this really nice kind of package with online stuff. Bricks and mortar school, like it's, if it's very expensive, it's probably not worth it. Luckily in Scotland, where I'm from, university education is free. And what you do get there is like as a community, I guess. I mean, there's people go to university for all kinds of different reasons. There's just living away from home from the first time. It's, it's a really nice kind of stepping stone from living with your parents, say, to living with a group of people discovering how to live on their own and then going into a professional environment. So it's good for that. But yeah, teaching in a, in a bricks and mortar kind of university is generally not going to be as good as online stuff. You can really get... Yeah, really good mentors and teachers online. So yeah, it's not without value universities. There's definitely pluses to it. But I think certainly once you've got like your foot in the door and you want to say you're, yeah, say you're doing something quite cartoony, like a cartoony TV show, and you want to make a transition into VFX or vice versa, or you just want, you've got some skills, but you need someone to give you some other skills to get to where somewhere else you want to go. Then I think online courses are really good for that, for making, being able yeah. to make those jumps. And I've found too, the more I talk to people who start later in life, it seems they're not trying to go back to four years. At least I switched when I was 26 years old. So I wasn't trying to go back to another four-year degree program. So that's why I went to a one-year thing. But yeah, that for people who are listening, who might be older and not 19 years old, that that's what I tend to see that they like to do as well. But yeah. They don't need the social aspect of going out drinking with lots of yeah. teenagers. <laughs> Making poor decisions and yeah. What, so tell me like, what's next for you? You guys, for Somerville, you have a patch that's coming and maybe DLC stuff in the future, or are you going to try to stay in games moving forward or you want to get back into VFX or cartoony stuff? No plans at the moment. Yeah. They, I'm a permanent member of staff at Jumpship, so I'm just staying there at the moment. See what happens. They're going to make another game. And awesome. yeah. Where can people pick up Somerville? Is it on Steam? Yeah, it's on Steam and it's on Xbox, on Game Pass, maybe PlayStation later, but not right now. Cool. Awesome. It was great chatting with you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's Animator's Journey podcast episode with Brendan Bodie. And if you want to learn from him, he is going to be contributing to the intermediate course at animatorsjourney.com, teaching creature, quadruped, and flying animation. Hope to see you there. Thanks for listening.